recap, we're talking about the Shekhinah, how it's in some places more than others, and we're specifically focusing on one of the points, and that is in the analogy that in the brain of a human being, many specific powers emerge from the soul's latent potential that will later enter all the limbs and organs to energize them. And so too, there is a central point in this world in which God shines the light, and then it's in there that the specific powers start developing and then shining to the rest of the world. Now this phase can be subdivided into two processes. A, there's an initial disclosure of the total energy, which will power everything in the universe. B, this total energy is then spliced into various powers, suitable to the various components. As the Tanya will now clarify, process A is what we refer to as the Shekhinah itself, the initial disclosure, whereas process B is the, is the way in which an, an appropriate individualized flow of light and energy emerges from the Shekhinah to power the various components of the universe before it actually reaches them, which is phase three. So the Shekhinah itself is the initial primary manifestation of the Blessed Infinite One in a disclosable fashion to eventually shine in the worlds. Now, this term disclosable is somewhat confusing because as we shall soon see, the Shekhinah itself is actually incompatible with the worlds. It's just closer to the worlds than God's infinity. The difference is that the Blessed Infinity is totally hidden or non-disclosable in the sense that being infinite, it is incompatible with created worlds who are defined by limits. The Shekhinah, on the other hand, is incompatible with the worlds only in practice, not in principle. A good analogy is music that's so loud it could burst the eardrums, but if you would just turn the volume down a bit, you'd be able to hear it. That's why the Tanya refers to Shekhinah's light as disclosable, not because the worlds are able to access it, but because it's sufficiently diminished to be a starting point to the universe. So the Shekhinah itself is the root of all the energy flows found in all the worlds. And it flows that way. Now, it's impossible for the worlds to withstand and receive the light of the Shekhinah itself in the way that the Shekhinah light can rest and be really enmeshed in them without a filter to hide and conceal the light from the Shekhinah from them, so that they don't, in the presence of their unfiltered source, lose their infinite individual sorry, identity completely. So how do we evolve from process A to process B? How can the Shekhinah, which is so powerful to allow us to have any independent existence, be dimmed sufficiently that the worlds can emerge? That is, that filter is Hashem's will and wisdom as expressed in the Torah and mitzvahs, which we all have access to. The Torah is a divine energy which is compatible with the created worlds. It constitutes revealed things, an energy which is accessible to us. Therefore, it can act as a means, as a funnel, by which the Shekhinah's light can become compatible with the worlds. See, because Torah comes from God's infinite wisdom, Chachma Ilah, God's great Chachma. But while the Torah's inner energy remains transcendent and otherworldly, it also journeys down towards us through the hidden places in the steps. That's a verse from Song of Songs, which means it goes through many, many devolutions 
until it can reach us, as we spoke about in chapter 4. Since the Torah bridged the gap between otherworldly and the worldly, because it talks about things in our reality, it can endow the Shekhinah with that same ability and make her energy accessible to the lower worlds.